Tito's and Shiner Gonna be an all-nighter And I just might find her At the Whataburger line Dance halls and women But man, I'm wishing That I was fishing by the river tonight In Texas Howdy, 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 everyone. Welcome to the interview episode of Texas, the show about some things Texas. And some things not. We have quite possibly my personal favorite interview we have ever done. Such a fun interview. If we had all day, we would have gone all day. I really hope that this interview turns into a larger series of projects. I would also love that as well. A larger official real partnership more storytelling more content absolutely just whatever we can do and i can't wait for you guys to listen to this it's it's a really great interview chock full of amazing content and ultimately like listen if you don't take anything away other than this take this away if you aren't eating invasive boar species in texas you want texas to die so eat invasive boar species so that's pretty much it eat boar save texas eat boar save texas Eat more boar. Eat more boar. Save more Texas. Save more Texas. Before we get to the interview, before we get to Taylor, first, as always, we have a couple of not sponsors. We've got our not sponsors. Not sponsors. They don't sponsor us in any way, form, or fashion. Our first not sponsor of the day is Bang Energy. Bang Energy. Have you maxed out on coffee? Are you done with cocaine? Graduate to Bang Energy. Bang Energy. Bang Energy. It's It's like like liquid crystal meth with caffeine. It's like if a mullet mustache visor combo was an energy drink. Bang Energy. It's like if spray tan owned a company. Bang Energy. It's the lifted dually truck of energy drinks. Bang Energy. It's toilet water from Gold's Gym. Bang Energy. If, you, if you're done working out and you're ready to rip out of your t-shirt, bang, bang energy. energy. Bang Energy. Were you a second string wide receiver in high school? Bang, bang Energy. energy. Bang Energy, do you still wear those weird homemade sleeveless shirts that are way too sleeveless that show your nipple a little bit? Bang Bang Energy. energy. Bang Energy, do you own a crop top and you're a dude? Bang Bang Energy. Energy. Bang Energy, are you wearing Viper sunglasses? Bang Bang Energy. energy. Bang Energy, it's the Florida of sports drinks. Bang Energy, but their CEO drives a Lambo. It's rented, dude. Bang Bang Energy. energy. (laughs) Oh, they're the worst. (laughs) We are also not sponsored by Obscure Pop-Up Events at South by Southwest. Obscure Pop-Up Events at South by Southwest. Have you not heard of this artist? You haven't heard of this one either. Obscure Obscure Pop-Up Events events at South South by Southwest. Southwest. Would you like to watch a movie that was filmed on an iPhone 5SE in 2007 that they've been editing for the past 13 years? Obscure Obscure Pop-Up Events at South by Southwest. Hey, come to me at the speakeasy hidden in a storage container next to the porta potties down by east side river obscure <laughs> pop-up events in south by southwest would you like to try our free range sotol distilled through mezcal mesh stuff obscure <laughs> pop-up events in south by southwest come to my cheese tasting in a garage truck in a in a garbage truck obscure, obscure pop-up events at south by southwest we're gonna do a cold plunge inside of an ice bath inside of a float tank inside of an old automobile shop inside of a welding tank obscure, obscure pop-up events at south by southwest haven't heard of it you won't either
<laughs> All right, before we get to Taylor, we also have a real sponsor that is helping us put on this show financially, support-wise. Who could that be? It is Manscaped. Manscaped. Support for the Texas podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? They are champions of the world. It is Manscaped. Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. So precise. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. 4, 4, Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for our listeners. Listen close. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code Texish at manscaped.com. That's code Texish, all capitals T E X I S H at manscaped.com. Doesn't matter if you're in Bull Verde or Belvedere, Washington. <laughs> Free worldwide shipping. If you're in Bangladesh or Bangladesh, you'll get your Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Take a long shot. Move off the toilet pooping. It's now shave time. Shave time. Get 20% off and free shipping with code TEXISH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code TEXISH. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools to get the job done with Manscaped. Manscaped. All right, y'all. Like we said, we are super excited to have this interview with Taylor. They are he him and his wife actually founded Thunderbird Bars. They then founded mm-hmm. Epic, Epic Bars. Then and now they it's found Force of Nature. Force of Nature. They run Rome Ranch. They run Rome Ranch. To follow Taylor and his gorgeous family, go follow Rome Ranch mm-hmm. on Instagram. Also, go give Force of Nature a follow as well. It's going to be Force of Nature Meets on Instagram. Give them a follow. Listen closely to this interview because we cover quite a bit. We cover a lot of ground. In a short amount of time. From running to running businesses. To why being vegan was not good for their bodies and potentially other people's bodies. Yeah. I will go and say, hey, if you're one of our friends or one of our listeners we don't know personally who is a vegan or is is a vegetarian, there are a couple of things we say in this podcast that could trigger you if you choose to be triggered. It's not intended to. If you want to keep not eating meat, that's totally your choice. We support that. We are going to talk on this episode specifically about the utility of consuming nourished meats in your diet how good it is for your body your brain your mind your spirituality and if you're doing it right ultimately the land exactly so if you choose to be vegan or vegetarian and are absolutely no way ever going to consume meat, don't want to hear some comments about why quite frankly seth and i and taylor do not think being vegan is the best option for your body or your health generally Totally cool. DM us. Let us know that. I don't recommend you listen past this point if you expect to be triggered. Once again, we don't intend to trigger anybody. If we do, that's your choice. Let us know. Uh, But yeah, just want to make it clear that some things are said that are not meant to harm anybody. And we don't believe they will. All right. Without further ado, Taylor from Force of Nature Meets. for the 
for the hundred mile race. Yeah. And then my wife has done the the mountain bike okay. race, and she did really well. And, Shoot. And then we always do this race in Colorado in the summer called Trans Rockies, which that's the shares a, one, right? yeah, it's a yeah. stage race, so it's yeah. like anywhere from thirteen to twenty eight yeah. miles a day. Yeah. And, and it's fast, right? Because you're yeah. it's the GC. It's like your cumulative time. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's our favorite thing right now. That's that we awesome. Do. Yeah, but you and your wife do it together? Is that the yeah. team? Yeah. That's so cool. And we see, like, we'll see you in Leadville, because, like, this, the Leadville stage where we start, I think they're, they're running this, like, right the next there. day or Are you the day afterwards or something yeah, like we'll, that. Yeah, we'll say hi. Yeah, we'll, yeah. yeah we're going to have a whole crew out there. <laughs> that's so yeah. awesome, dude. Heck yeah. I'm actually, I mean, so as we're building this, we've realized we need to, like, start we two off-shoot podcasts. Yeah. And so I'm starting Run Cowboy Run. Oh, like yeah. The running Shit. podcast. So yeah. Like, on that that's so cool, man. Talk about all that. That's really cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, I heard was telling me y'all used to take like the epic van out there to oh, yeah. Leadville. Yeah, man. We like, have a big history of bars and Yeah, we sponsored the race. We did like the packet pickup thing a couple times. Yeah. And yeah. um it it was really just we wanted to be up there in yeah. whatever August or September or whatever yeah. it is and yeah it's just a fun place to be. Yeah. Yeah, we That's love awesome. it. Yeah, well c- congrats on qualifying and He's a beast, man. Yeah, I mean yeah. you told me you like had the G or the PR uh, yeah, FKT at your own ranch. Yeah. ranch and I was like that's cool but they, I didn't realize you were like that level of Yeah. yeah. I, that's, I was Holy so bummed shit, man. Like, that's they're not unbelievable. Doing that, they're not doing that race this year cuz yeah. we had so much fun. It was uh, a cool one. So Clint bought the Epic Van. Yeah. Epic, Epic was going to scrap it. Like, literally send it to a scrapyard. Oh, and yeah. Clint was like, dude, I will buy Dude's, this thing. Yeah. So I think he got a really good deal on it. Nice. And he kind of has it. He owns it. He doesn't work at Epic. He works sure. here. But he, um, I think him and his wife, like, long term, they kind of just want to... They want to turn it into... Uh, just, like, let people oh, rent cool. it or whatever oh, to oh, take I'm places. Oh, like, uh, I forgot. There's a. It's like a VRBO yeah. for campers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is super cool. So yeah, who knows, man? Maybe you'd make you a deal on that. Maybe yeah. yeah. Just be like, hey man, I'll pick it up, dude. We'll tag, we'll post, <laughs> yeah. we'll hashtag, media. whatever it takes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyone who listens to us at this point knows yeah. we'll sell out. Yeah, we'll sell money. anything. Like yeah. we're like, <clears throat> we just love the thing. We'll do whatever. It is. Yeah. yeah. Going out to your ranch was like the dream. That was the day that was. We were, we were driving down, you know, fucking that dusty road. Like, this is what we want to do. This yeah. is it. This is nice. what it's like. This, <laughs> the whole thing. this thing we're doing right now is what That's we want this to turn into. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, Good. Manifest so, that. Yeah, man. So, speaking of turning stuff into things and manifesting, <clears throat> you're the founder of Epic. But before Epic, I didn't even realize, I didn't know this until earlier. You started Thunderbird. You and your wife did. That right? was the first one. Right, correct. So, well, we'll get to yeah. Force of Nature, but let's go all the way back to <laughs> couple when did you when did you and your wife decide snacks? <clears throat> We're gonna make snacks. Yeah, you know, um, well, Th- Thunderbird was a raw food vegan energy bar product, and yeah. so we we went through that phase. We yeah. were confused <laughs> teenagers. Yeah. I guess she was probably like nineteen, I was twenty two sure. or whatever. Okay. And uh, believe it or not, you know, like at that moment in time. Uh, I'm gonna just make this up and say that was like 2000. And oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, right there. Approximately, yeah. I try to, <laughs> I try to forget this. Yeah. Uh, and we, 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 you know, we like were getting into our professional careers. I was a physical therapist. She was in, uh, getting her 
doctorate in counseling psychology, okay. I think we just like we missed this opportunity to be creative in our lives and have creativity, a creative outlet. Like I yeah. always loved writing and yeah. uh, I was a musician for a long time. And so like, a long time at 22. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like, yeah, exactly. And so I just felt like, Hey, let's create this snack food company and, yeah. and it'll yeah. be an extension of ourselves and it'll allow us to flex this little muscle in our brain. Yeah. That we get to, and we're, we also like love, competing in Ironman triathlons yeah, and yeah. ultra endurance racing. We did a lot of cycling. And so it was right up our avenue and there wasn't a good bar at that point in time. Yeah. So we just did it and we had fun with it. Like we, we created the flavors based on these just crazy uh, ideas. One, yeah. we had like this um, aphrodisiac energy bar. We called it an energodisiac and it was like Ooh. only aphrodisiac ingredients <laughs> combined <laughs> with something you could eat on yeah, the bike. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we just didn't, we were just young kids. Well, Thunderbird still has some amazing products. Yeah. Like, I, I still Absolutely. eat the, like, the Texas Pecan every now and again. Yeah, just it's, it's such like a, a good, hazel tasty eye. bar. Yeah. yeah. It's like a microbrewery making yeah, bars. Totally, um, man. Where did, I'm curious about, uh, where, when, when did the vegan piece start? When did you guys, you? like, figure out you were wrong? Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> when did you... When did you make the wrong decision, and then when did we come back to yes <laughs> to the meat lifestyle? We made a lot of wrong decisions in our life, but but the thing that we have oh done God. and we've been able to do is recognize when we're on the wrong track and pivot and oh, yeah. do 180 degree turn. So yeah, yeah Thunderbird. Uh, we you know we were in college. And I just feel like when you're in college, like for the first time, you're getting kind of woke and oh yeah, and you think you figured shit out. Start and, going your hair yeah. out. Yeah, a little rebellion phase. Yeah, you like wear rings and shit. I yes. I, I was barefoot <laughs> for three months straight in college at one yeah. point. Yeah, it's you a don't phase. you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but you know exactly. what <laughs> totally, you're pretty yeah. confident. You're pretty yeah. confident. This you're is like, the this is who path I am. I'm going to be on like, for the rest of my life. Yeah, I have now figured it out. And if you, yeah, if you don't change that by the time you, you're like, I don't know, 25, you're yeah. you're not going to thrive in life. Yeah, <laughs> you're not crushing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, that was just our our story. We thought we were doing the right thing for the planet, right thing yeah. for animals, right thing for human health, mm-hmm. and we just had it completely backwards. And yeah. figured, the intentions were good, though. Yeah, the intentions I, I want to point good. that out. Like. <laughs> I know. Well, how hard how hard is it for you to sit back and say, you know what? I think maybe we have this wrong. Let's look at some other stuff. Yeah, it, the we got a, a nice kick in the ass on that one. A wake up call. Um, it was truly seeing a, a burning bush uh, wow. where my wife she was she we she won her division of Ironman Wisconsin. It was our first triathlon race, and she's just a beast. And so yeah, she won that's that. a competitive Ironman yeah. too. I don't think yeah. people, like Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Ironmans. Pretty competitive. It's like, next level. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. She, I mean, we always do this in our lives. Like we're like, hey, let's get into something and then go to the extreme. So it's like, let's do a triathlon. Oh, let's sign up for an Ironman. <laughs> yeah. And she, no shit, my wife won her. her <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so she qualified for Kona, and we were putting in a lot of training, a lot of hours, and I was supporting her. And so at that point in time, her body just, uh, I'd say, imploded. Right. She, yeah. Yeah. And, and that was due to diet. Um, couldn't match the recovery capabilities or what her body was asking for um, from our training and so she had chronic knee issues chronic GI distress and we just didn't know what the hell was going on saw every doctor we could across every perspective I mean saw like medical doctor chiropractor shaman energy yeah. healer just, you're looking like, for anything right yeah. Yeah. very desperate yeah. when as a physical therapist what was it like to to watch it happening and not really understand not know exactly what to do about it it's insane it. Yeah. It, was, it was it was like the big biggest educational moment aha of my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had exploratory knee surgery. She was like 20 years old. She was wow. told she needed to be on 
arthritis medicine for the rest of her life. Another doctor told her she needed a knee replacement. Yeah. And so things were looking really bad, and that led us to the point of questioning our diet. And, yeah. And we thought, oh, no, that's not. Like, we have this shit dialed <laughs> in tight. Because at yeah. this point, you guys are vegan. Yes. Okay. And we were like, well, yeah. we were even more extreme. Because once she started having these issues, we went raw vegan. Whoa. And then we went, like, juicing. Yeah. And so, you know, like, oh, that's not it. Like, yeah. we're eating kale. Just trust me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, the one thing we know we're doing right yeah. is the diet part. Exactly. We yeah. eat diarrhea all like, the time. All it's fine. That's, that's normal, small. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so we... Uh, we, we did a 180-degree pivot. I mean, reintroduced grass-fed meat after a holistic health practitioner told us to just check our shot. diet. Okay. Yeah, think about that. And had nothing else to lose. And so uh, I boiled a ribeye steak. Don't ever do that if you guys... <laughs> what? what? Kind of forgot, <laughs> I kind of forgot how to cook meat. Ah. And Katie was not excited about eating meat, so it's just like, don't yeah. worry, babe, I got this. I got this. I'm gonna sous vide it just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can steam it. You want to steam or yeah. do it boil? Uh, it's just like we used to do broccoli and stuff. Yeah. And so we. Uh, like broccoli. Yeah. Pretty much. It was terrible. And she, uh, she hated it. She yeah, was like, yeah. "Do we really have to do this?" Like, oh. Okay, babe. One more shot. Uh, I, I remember this thing called bacon being really good, and so <laughs> cooked bacon, and that was like, "Okay, hell yeah, we yeah, can yeah. do this." It and wasn't then, even just like Oscar Mayer. <laughs> no. right, just <laughs> shit I don't even know what bacon yeah, yeah. that was it was not in a microwave I'll tell you that though yeah, we yeah. did elevate that Ooh, nice. um, it was not a pan <laughs> it was not boiled <laughs> and so and, and that like was like within a week of, of modifying your diet I mean over a year of symptoms went away and so it was Ooh, it was like no shit what just happened yeah. and so that was this huge critical life changing point we had a vegan company we were living a vegan st- lifestyle and we said, we don't want anything to do with this. This doesn't yeah. work for us. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of the genesis, the catalyst for creating Epic. Okay. Yeah. It's like, let's take everything we know, this portable, high-nutrition energy on the road, on the go, and then let's yeah. just put it with real whole food protein. Yeah. yeah. And I remember when the Epic Bars kind of hit the shelves in Austin, and it was life-changing for me. Uh, I was working at a smoothie place at the time, now Soup Peddler, then in the Juice Box. Oh, yeah. Cool. And uh, I just remember, like, everybody around me being, being like, very vegan and wanting to eat meat very and trying frail. to find yeah very frail <laughs> people uh trying to find alternatives for like a protein bar that didn't taste like a cookie you know yeah uh and just going ham on these epic bars yeah that was such a cool so product yeah. Yeah. i'm almost I curious it. if it was your wife who handed it to me but i remember he was he was in college yeah. and we're from a west texas town pretty yeah. far away okay so coming to austin was that was a treat you know yeah, twi- yeah. probably twice a semester we'd come for a weekend and hang out and we always went to Whole Foods before we drove home. Yeah. Because we, we were pretty fortunate, and our parents yeah. were pretty big on natural foods, health foods. Yeah. And so we had to stock up, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And get a good food. Hilarious. And I remember just wandering around, and this woman <laughs> said, This is a bison bar. You want to try it? <laughs> and I popped in my mouth, and I kept circling the aisles so that I could keep grabbing these free oh, samples nice. of what were epic bars. That's so I'm amazing. really curious if it was your wife that was handing yeah. it. It probably was, man. <laughs> we paid our fair share of dues with demos. Yeah, I mean, did, did you guys find that you got resistance from the community you had built up as you transitioned from, you know, hey, Thunderbird, vegan, we're vegan athletes, to actually maybe that's not the end-all, be-all? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, we even got death threats. From, Did you really uh, get death threats? Militant serious? vegans. Yeah, because we created this community, oh, and it's man. like a... We were part of a community, and then yeah. as kind of a leading uh, yeah. person in that community said, this is bullshit. This does not work for us. Yeah. And so, yeah, we got 
breakup letters uh, via email mm-hmm. in the to our PO box. You know, yeah, just people yeah. saying straight up fuck you guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kill you if I ever see you on the street. Oh, I mean, it was extreme. It was extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it definitely rubbed the wrong spot. But it even confirmed more to us that that was not a community or a right. environment that we wanted to be a part of. Yeah. It didn't align with our values. It didn't resonate with our spirit. Mm-hmm. And what, did, did it hurt at all? Or were you all so sure about this new pivot? Because you, you had a burning bush yeah. experience. Like, Did that even really affect y'all? Or did it kind of fall off because you were so sure of what you were doing? Um, it... I mean, it it kind of hurt our feelings early yeah. on. We were, yeah. you know, we, again, we were just kind of because these were your friends. Yeah, yeah, we were, and we were figuring shit out. We didn't yeah. know all yeah. the way, but you know that those kind of experiences absolutely were formative, and I'm grateful for them. And it made mm-hmm. us stronger and tougher and more resilient, which yeah. at the end of the day is what's up. But I, I guess the biggest, uh, scariest example of that was mm-hmm. we, you know, we had these relationships with Whole Foods through mm-hmm. Thunderbird. And our, our bar buyer, the guy who, who brought in all the energy bars to the store, he was hardcore vegan, militant vegan. Like yeah. his little baby, yeah. one-year-old kid is vegan. Like yeah. his like dog. Right. on the daily. Yeah. Absolutely. His yeah. dog eats vegan food. His cat eats vegan food. Okay. I mean, there are no, no exceptions here. And so we had to go in front of that guy, and we were so excited. We're like, Jason, I know this is going to be weird, but just hear me out before you say, any, yeah. say anything. Like this is a new product. Epic bar, it's whole food, protein-based, grass-fed, regenerative. And he just said, I will never take that. I promise you we'll never carry that in our on our store. And that's kind of like the make it or break it dream yeah. account. You yeah. know? And so that was the only example of like, oh shit, are, should we second guess or sec, second like question this? From a business standpoint, right. is this about to be yeah, disaster. pretty tough? Uh, it felt like that. Um, but then, you know, what we, what we learned early on, it's like we were pitching the idea, the concept of it, uh, he obviously wasn't going to eat a sample, but we didn't have a package at the time. Yeah. And so two, three months later, we came back with a package and showed him the package. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, once it was tangible and okay. real, and he saw the brand and the respect, um, the reverence for the an- animal on yeah. the pack, he, he changed his mind. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. <laughs> you know, the thing on him, I would shout out to that. It, it, it would have been really easy. Yeah. Like, it would have been really easy for him just to be like, no, don't care. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah, so Where... Because at this point, are you 30 yet when Epic starts, or are you still in your 20s? We're still, yeah, in 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, like, so from the jump, was regenerative and sustainability a piece of the puzzle, or was that something that y'all began leaning toward as you began the journey? We, we learned that in the journey, but it was right. early on. Yeah, we thought we, we figured it all out when we made the connection between, you know, humans, co-evolved eating animals for millennia for yeah. hundreds of thousands of years and yeah. so in order to optimize human nutrition if you give that diet that we're biologically engineered to consume mm-hmm. but the part that we were really focusing on was that animal had to also be raised mm-hmm. how it evolutionarily was intended to so yeah. on pasture eating grass and we thought those were the two elements that optimize human health it's like yeah. diet and animal welfare um, but we were missing that third component, which was soil. Yeah. And so if that animal is not raised on an environment where there's thriving, regenerating soil, then that animal will never have the nourishment. That nourishment will never be consumed by the mm-hmm. end consumer. Right. But it goes with a plant-based model too. So yeah. it, it all begins with the soil. Yeah. With the soil yeah. So that, that really became this focused vision. That was the, the burning bush moment where yeah. we figured it out and, and yeah. we were going hard with that message. Yeah. And has that always been like reverence for the animal? looking at like kind of the end consumer but back engineering all the way to like so what's the beginning point being the soil is that something you've always looked at or as you began in the vegan journey and even in this journey is that where that came up for you yeah we um 
you know, interestingly enough, when we started eating meat, we um, we despised industrial conventional meat systems, and we still yeah. do. And so we don't think that uh, eating meat is good for the planet, or eating meat is good for the, the soil, or human health, or the animal, unless it's based on a regenerative, humane model. Yeah. And so we really wanted to be very uh, clearly separated from that conventional industrial commoditized system yeah and so that was early on like we weren't afraid to talk shit and speak yeah. truth about yeah. that feedlot model yeah and so that, that was powerful because at, you know i remember we went to expo west which was like the super bowl of natural food yeah. show you show up there and like you make it or, or you yeah it's going on right now right yeah it's yeah. this, <laughs> it's this week yeah and so we went and there's thousands of vendors people from all over the world going and back then in 2013, there was, uh, there was uh, one meat company at the entire show. And thousands of, because meat wasn't even in the mindset. Yeah. yeah, what is a healthy diet for consumers? What's a healthy uh, mm-hmm. protein source for land? Yeah. And so we really had to show up prepared and, and ready to get attacked and, mm-hmm. and to speak to people. And so that regenerative message was critical. Yeah, and so you had the pushback, the- Finally, pushback from the vegan community. Was there equally harsh pushback when you stepped into the meat community, calling bullshit on pretty much the entire system as it is? Yeah, we, um, you know, we were comfortable being in that position because we knew that the brand was, it was intended. We founded it to create positive change and to yeah. create impact and to scale impact you got to be disruptive yeah and we knew it was going to be polarizing and so yeah we had some pretty hard conversations early on and um in later years when other meat companies started attending that show i mean we were like uh yeah people would stop by the booth and they would talk shit and just be (laughs) rude and it was it was so weird because we were very we wanted to inspire change we wanted it to be um collective we wanted collaborative yeah, we didn't ever want to like ostracize someone and yeah. condemn them, but more so we wanted to create a solution and a vision mm-hmm. for them to join and yeah. a- adapt. Like you're inviting them into what you're doing, not trying to like end what they're doing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and honestly, the conventional industrial meat system, uh, it's so disconnected with consumers, mm-hmm. and still like their ability to read the pulse on what's happening and trends in food, it's like dismal it's yeah. it's awful like i don't know if they're ma- using a magic eight ball to make the business decisions <laughs> but it's 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 horrible and, and i mean a really good uh example of that is you know meat is under attack uh yeah. Yeah. industrial conventional meats under attack it has been it rightfully should be and a lot of these multinational billion dollar corporations are uh divesting and they're putting money into plant-based synthetic alternatives yep. because they have this remorse this right. guilt yeah. they say like our product is bad for consumers. Right. It is bad for the world. Shit, people are knowing that we're going to lose market share. What do we do? Right. And it's not even on their consciousness to, to like look into adopt. Yeah. yeah, regenerative practices, yeah. soil yeah. building to practices. To evolve their current practice. They're yes. just like, well, let's just make something well, let's just like equally bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's and the same damn and thing. Yeah. And give it to them. Yeah, <laughs> let's further industrialize, commoditize, and yeah. centralize yeah. for profitability yeah. You know, at the expense yeah. of all else. Do you... I, I'm about to get really meta, and then we'll go back to practical, I guess. But do you think that if there's – maybe not fault, but do you think the responsibility is on the consumer to be educated and know what they're buying and who's making it? Or is it on the company and the industry to make the change? Like what is going to make the most difference to you? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think about that question quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll tell you from – 
being on the ground, working with ranchers, being a rancher myself, um, the land stewards, the people who are raising the animals and managing the land, they would rather not be a part of that industrial cycle. And yeah. so it's not, it's not them that want to be attached to that model. There's strings that are connecting them to that, but really what needs to happen is, is when the consumer's demand change, that's, that's where the revolution begins. There is no yeah. food revolution without the consumer. Yeah. And so, you know, it's tough being a consumer. There's a lot of greenwashing and you have to be very educated mm -hmm. and you have to change your mindset because yeah. we kind of live in this weird commodity culture where, again, we want inexpensive products at the expense of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And we just don't connect the dots efficiently. Mm -hmm. And so and we're paying the prices for that, you know, with our health, with the health of our land, mm -hmm. the welfare of our animals. Um, and so it's going to catch up to us, but really it's, you know, that's one of the ideas. One of our just founding principles is to create awareness and help people wake up, mm -hmm. help people see the truth. And, um, and by doing that, create that consumer demand, mm -hmm. which then directly translates to how many acres of land mm -hmm. will be converted to more regenerative, harmonious, mm -hmm. virtuous yeah. systems. Yeah. And is that part of why you ended up becoming a rancher yourself is to experience it firsthand and be able to, uh, really speak to that community yeah that was a big um you know I, yeah first generation rancher grew up in austin yeah. never had family access to land or hunting or anything that had to do with agriculture yeah. like was the greenbelt land <laughs> yeah, oh dude yeah. greenbelt was the wild west <laughs> i mean you could get like attacked i mean yeah. i got bit by many dogs on the greenbelt yeah. that's like the modern day mountain Leash lion maybe. Put them on a leash. <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was a wild spot a little bit that's what i thought and then um but no, truly, when we started Epic, it was really important to visit our suppliers because yeah. it's all about relationship building. And, and early on, I mean, my wife and I just, okay, where are we going to buy bison? Let's Google uh, grass-fed bison. Grass-fed bison. <laughs> yeah, and we're, Slash ranch. <laughs> yeah, and we're calling all these ranchers from yeah. big western states, and they're just yeah. like, where are y'all from? Austin, shit. <laughs> like this is this is. I don't want to get set up by Peter today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I don't want no man to pamper me. And was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, okay, shit, we gotta go visit them. And uh, and so we got to spend a lot of time on land and really just got to see uh, what these families were doing. Kind of like the experience you guys had driving up to Rome Ranch. It's yeah. like, fuck, okay. I didn't even know this was a possibility. Yeah. But if I ever have the opportunity in my life, I will jump on this in a heartbeat. And so luckily I had that foundation. What came first, Force of Nature or Rome Ranch? Um, Rome Ranch. Okay. Yeah. Now, so yeah. Did that, how did that feed into the, you know, what eventually became Force of Nature and what you do now? Yeah. We, you know, I wish I could say that we were, we were real smart and we always had these like business plans uh, <laughs> mapped out. We have these Excel sheets and <laughs> yeah. operating system. Hearing you say that you did makes me feel better. <laughs> so I'll you, I have, uh, I've never made a business plan in my life. And uh, I just think business plans are bullshit. <laughs> I can't Can say it one more time. One more time. Really <laughs> business plans, yeah, are bullshit. For me. Okay. Uh, okay. The way that we want to operate, we've always done this like ready, fire, aim. Yeah. Ready, fire, 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 aim. Sometimes we fire before we're even ready. Right. Yeah. And then we just figure it out. And that's how we like to roll. And yeah. so. Kirk loves that. What's that? Kirk Kirk seems to be oh yeah, that's yeah. why Kirk has been <laughs> working. Kirk was we yeah. hired Kirk actually in the Thunderbird days. Yeah, you know? no, yeah. Came yeah. On Thunderbird he days? was like, "Shit, I don't know about this guy." <laughs> Kirk, we have this idea. It's it's in the works, and we need you yeah. to help us. And we need you to be the guy who wears boots and talks yeah. to the cowboys. He's like, "I can do that." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so honestly, so for us, had Rome Ranch, 
brought all these beautiful multi-species animals out to the ranch to regenerate the soils, mm -hmm. use that as an educational field experiment, bring community out, bring other ranchers out, inspire change at scale, and to document it, to take you know data, change and uh, measure it over time to provide that to the literature. Mm -hmm. And so you know, two years into this journey, we're like, oh boy, we have bison that we're getting ready to harvest. You yeah. know, we have chickens and all these animals that were our tools to create positive change. Yeah. Shit, now they're about to transition to their next role in life, which is mm -hmm. to provide nourishment for our community. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're like, what do we do? On the other end, we had thousands of guests come out to the ranch every year to learn about this stuff. And at the end of all these field walks and regenerative ag days, you know, everyone, the question we got every single time was, like, I'm on board. I'm all in. I live in the city. Um, I don't know where to begin. How do I support this system? Like, yeah. Shit, like, I guess you could buy direct from, you know, yeah. White Oak Pastures or, mm -hmm. you know, just like, it's not necessarily going to Whole Foods. It's yeah. not going to Whole Foods. It's not yeah, going it's to... Yeah, it's yeah. not not necessarily every time going to, to the farmer's market. Yeah. Um, and so there's like light bulb moment. We need to create a, a global national supply chain yeah. for this regenerative meat that's been validated, that's been verified, mm -hmm. and be the first product in the market at a national scale to yeah. educate consumers on the benefits of it. Little blue check for dairy farming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it kind of worked out uh, by the time we needed to harvest the animals yeah. and we had to we had to figure out a way to do it and, and sell it. Was there any infrastructure for pack for literally packaging bison? Right. Processing like those wild boars. Yeah. Are y'all sort of responsible not just for the education piece, but literally setting up an infrastructure where this can grow at scale? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And we um you know, we have unbelievably talented team. Mm -hmm. Kirk, you know, who you guys know, he's yeah. been with us for a long time. Yeah. We we one, rock star. Oh, he is. You probably shouldn't have said his name on air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, this shy. will be as much a social yeah, yeah, recognition yeah. We'll, as we'll, we'll bleep that out. Sorry, Don't worry, they won't be able to find him. You uh, <laughs> cannot find him. Yeah. Kirk, real name redacted. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we, we had a, a handful of people that we'd worked with previously that were also in their careers. They were looking for something else to do. And yeah. so just said, hey, we have this idea, but we're not going to start it without you. Like, yeah. you're that important. Mm -hmm. And so we had them come on board and help us. Uh, smash through those walls and figure this stuff out. It's crazy. I, I want to back up a little bit. Um, so you start Epic. I'm curious, what did those first bars taste like? Because they taste great now, but was it kind of hard to make like a beef jerky consistency bar like taste good? Like, what was the product testing like for that? Yeah, it was. It was uh, definitely sketchy. <laughs> I mean, because there's a lot of uh, meat science that goes into this. Yeah. And, and I kind of approached it from, I think we, we received some, we had the benefit of being out of the meat world for a long time. So yeah, it's yeah. like being reintroduced. Okay, I love bison meat. I know it's nourishing. Yeah. Why, why can't you put, you know, bacon and cranberries in it, right? Yeah. And like, that's, yeah. that's weird if to mix in fruit like pecans and almonds. Yeah, sure. and, mm -hmm. uh, but for us, it was like, why Makes not? Sense. Yeah. Um, and so honestly, like the little samples that I was making in my kitchen were unbelievable. Yeah. So badass. The best thing you've ever had <laughs> in your life. But, the, but where it got sketchy yeah. was uh, how, how many days is that yeah, safe like to eat? Yeah. <laughs> and and so, would you just set it on the yeah. counter and just like take a bite like, every day? Yeah. The day you get sick. Yeah. All right. That, right, is. that was not good. <laughs> and there is. like, what's that? It's, is it called pemmican? The, just the, like, classic dried fruits, nuts, berries, and, and meat that's like heavily salted. Yeah, pemmican yeah, yeah. would be kind of more indigenous yeah, yeah. take on it. Yeah. So it's like the original American energy yeah. bar. Yeah, and yeah. pemmican would have been 50% fat, 
fifty percent protein with like some foraged berries that were yeah. local or seasonal, like right. maybe mulberries in Texas or, mm-hmm. or wild blackberries. Yeah, sure. And so it was shelf stable, it's stored, and um, it was highly sought after because it was calorie dense. dense. Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, fifty percent fat. If you're on the range, if you're riding yeah. horses, working all day, yeah. don't have time to just you know right. ask chuck wagon yeah. cookie over there right, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so you know uh, indigenous tribes traded that with europeans and it was highly sought after highly coveted yeah. um and so that was always uh something that i just i love the story of pemmican yeah. mm-hmm. but there wasn't really a, a modern no, no. pemmican or even a traditional pemmican that yeah. you could source and what, what was it like, you know, you had Thunderbird, you know, have this experience, you pivot, you start Epic, and we just said, business plans are bullshit, but so many people start a business with the plan to sell one day, uh, was, was that the plan for y'all, and what was it like to build to the point where you literally sold a thing you started? Yeah, that was, that was insane. Yeah. I'd never in a million years um, thought that would happen as fast as it happened. And we didn't build the company that way either. I think that yeah. was really important too. That yeah. was not a part of our uh, culture or DNA. We never talked about that with our employees. It was very strict. Like um, like when you go and you talk to customers or people are asking about financial stuff, we don't share that. That's not important. Yeah. What is important is impact. And so, you know, deep in my heart though, I, I knew that we were on to something that was really special and it was getting a lot of traction. It was growing fast. I mean, we were like the number one energy bar um, in multiple food categories yeah. for the first couple of years and mm-hmm. it was so funny because we'd get this data back um, and it would be like all the industry data like the top selling bars and it's just hilarious because every yeah. time it's like it's either a peanut butter chocolate bar or a bison bar yeah. <laughs> <And> it was <laughs> like top 10 one of those is good for you and one yeah. of those yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was like shit yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, chocolate bars you even good. had like Timothy Olsen like yeah. I remember watching a documentary on him He's up in the mountains and he's like, I love these bars. And it was an epic bar. Absolutely. This is how I get my fat that I need when I'm on the trails. I mean, we were on the verge of so many conversations and so many ideas that were counter to the conventional narrative. Mm -hmm. And how to fuel athletes was, we were right there too. And I mean, we were seeing like this being embraced in the CrossFit community and like this paleo keto emerging community. But yeah, Timothy Olsen, I think he won Western States one or two years in a row. And then I just remember, yeah, reading about him and it's like, talking about his diet and he's like yeah man it's all about like meat and fat and satiating foods it's like okay this guy is actually <laughs> living it like yeah. it's all theoretical you know we read, yeah. read this cool book it was eat right for i don't know which one was this uh, it's by this guy uh, i think well shit it wasn't rich roll we know that no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not rich roll unfortunately maybe one day yeah, maybe. he'll, he'll break his shit one day and be like maybe yeah maybe me it's, we'll yeah. turn Michael Paul around. We'll yeah. get it. We'll get him. We'll get him. Uh, yeah, you got to start somewhere. You got to start small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah that's but, cool. man, that's awesome. And so when when it when the sale came to the forefront, was was it scary or did y'all already have room range baby. and you knew? Like, yeah. It was well, a I'm baby, sure that man. wasn't easy. Just walk us through what it was like to sort of part ways with something that you literally sure. raised. Yeah. Well, um, so the the funny thing is, um, man, whenever we first launched Epic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking, like turned on the website. I mean, we were like shattered our online order capacity yeah. and it was mm-hmm. breaking every day. And every day for the first three months, General Mills ordered a product. And and I was under dirt, you know, complete clear orders to Clint, our office manager, who was fulfilling orders. 
cancel every single order General Mills makes, <laughs> refund them, never ship them a product. Like if they want to, you didn't want them to knock you off. Yeah, if they want to yeah, reverse yeah, engineer yeah. this, they need to get their assets to the store. Yeah. yeah. And so just to be clear, that wasn't like a bump the system thing. No, no it's you're just like, like I know what they're trying to do. Yeah. They're not going to do. Yeah, it, I was right? I was yeah. absolutely skeptical of a large yeah. multinational company. Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, and and so we, uh, it's just funny. Like early on, that was the the thing, and then you know three years later. Um, we got a phone call from someone from General Mills, and they're like, "Hey, come to, come to Minneapolis, come to headquarters. We just want to talk to you guys. We want you to meet some of our executives." Yeah, and we're like, "Isn't it really cold up there?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're like Kansas, this or we're something. Like, like. Yeah, they they didn't want to Kansas. They wanted to yeah. kind of like woo, woo us. But I think it was good because we showed up and we thought we just expected to just see like walk in this building and there was just going to be like this really stiff corporate culture, mm -hmm. uh, like business yeah. more business than casual yeah. attire and did you almost expect also the like kind of the class system of like there's the suits up on the top floor and then there's like the sweatshop yeah the, like industry floor yeah 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 and, and we went and honestly we went because i just <clears throat> told katie i was like hey this will be a hilarious story we can tell our grandkids one day <laughs> we went to general mills headquarters yeah. you know like where they make lucky charms amongst many other things that we Maybe we used to eat. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Don't eat them anymore. Like you're not gonna give that to your kids, probably, right? right. Like yeah. And and then when we when we got there, I mean, it was just like this crazy moment where uh, we just had this re realization that there are people just like us with families that cared mm -hmm. about uh, the health of their families. You know, in many circumstances, they didn't eat the food that they were selling and mm -hmm. making. Um, but those brands were what was keeping. The mothership afloat yeah. and giving them the opportunity to invest in different, more organic, yeah. uh, natural, yeah. better for you products. And so, we, we met with the corporate team, and I mean, like I had a uh, I had a, a GoPro camera. I I was I had, like snuck it around that whole day. <laughs> I was just like, Got to show this to the grandkids one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And so we're just like meeting so with all these people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, ambush style, and and they were just so fucking cool and. Uh, the executive team was just asking us like, "What's your what's your vision? What's the mission? What's the legacy this company is gonna have on the planet? Why are you guys doing this?" And it was nothing about EBITDA, nothing about revenue margins, none of that shit came up. And so uh, they wanted to invest, they wanted to put money in, and we just yeah. like, "No, nah, we're, we're a little bit beyond that, like with yeah. our growth, and that doesn't yeah. make sense." And so that the conversation ended, and then a month month or two maybe later, they said, "Okay, okay, like let's talk again." and let's talk about an acquisition. Mm -hmm. And so that was just so freaking surreal. Mm -hmm. um, because I remember when we started Thunderbird, we went through this incubator business accelerator program, mm -hmm. which yeah. was like- oh, Was it like Capital Factory? Never or do that again. Never, oh, yeah, 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 it was called uh, Incubation Station, but it evolved to SKU now, uh, but it was the same damn thing. It was just- SKU? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. CPG focused. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so they, I don't even know how they let us into the track one with, Thund <laughs> with Thunderbird. It was yeah. terrible, but- um, but yeah, I remember we had to, as a part of our kind of like crash course in entrepreneurship, we had to, like the the last day graduation day was you had to pitch in front of a group of yeah, yeah. like sell your douchebags, right? yeah. Yeah, 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 and and so we like we're like up there just feeling so fucking phony and um, <laughs> and just not wanting to be there. Yeah, yeah, it was just so yeah. awkward, and I, we just didn't have any good follow up conversations. It was like a really good moment for us to say like this is not this is not the like, direction. From now on, we are only partnering with people that we want to bro out with, hang out with, sit around a campfire, be friends with, run yeah. with, and so. Um, so yeah, so it was it was a, but we had to create this deck, and I remember in the deck it was like, 
Thunderbird is going to exit for $60 million to General Mills in 2020. And it's just like such bullshit. Like, yeah. But we had to put that in you there. You threw it because, up. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, and so, and, and so it was a good pivot. But when we exited Thunderbird, when we sold it, uh, it was really just like, let's get rid of this. Let's re-divest, re, yeah. reinvest all that revenue into Epic and this, yeah. this momentum that we have. Yeah. So, and that's, so... That's trippy. Yeah. Once you stepped out of Epic, did you want to start Force of Nature? Like, did y'all want to start another company? Or was it more, let's go out to the ranch and figure this piece out and just live on the ranch? Yeah. When, um, so when we started, uh, well, okay, we, we stayed on board with Epic. Uh, we're still on board with Epic, okay. um, but we just have kind of more of like an advisory role, yeah. right. not day-to-day operations. Kind of going right direction. Yeah, yeah. 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 that yeah. brand is way bigger than what we want to be involved with. Yeah. Or we have the skill set and the capacity to even do. Are you guys almost there to make sure that it maintains regenerative practices and like all those things and like stays on a mission or is it more of just like, a, hey, this is still the ethos? Yeah, exactly. A little bit of both. A little yeah. bit of both. Yeah, it's like... Um, I still feel like Katie and I are we're kind of like the living embodiment yeah. of that brand. That was yeah. such, such a, a story of us. And mm-hmm. so they've done a really good job maintaining that brand. And a part of it is just keeping the authenticity of like having us excited to be there. Because if yeah. they were, you know, degrading the products or, or veering from the mission, we'd be pissed off. Yeah. yeah. Rightfully so. I was going to say rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they've done a good job with that. And so, but, you know, we, um, man. You know, force of nature for us was we all, I, I remember whenever we sold epic and we were transitioning mm-hmm. we were kind of like ideating with the executive team at mills like what's next for epic and we we threw out this like well if you guys really want to drive impact you know like right now with epic we're selling two ounce bars and that's two ounce of impact at a time or if you mm-hmm. sell fresh frozen it's kind of like that's outside of our skill set we yeah. don't distribute that we don't know shit about that market yeah. And that was a good call because a big multinational, yeah. that's like a big risk for them. Yeah, yeah. And, and big businesses yeah. do not take... They don't take big they don't, Well, no. for them, they're like, EBITDA, we know this thing, yeah. we don't know this thing, we're going to keep doing this thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much can never get fired from a, from a big company if you if you, if if you, you stay in line. the same way. Yeah. Exactly. You don't stick yeah. your neck out. But yeah. as soon as you're like, present yourself for the firing squad, if it doesn't go right, yeah. you're gone. They're like, go to Silicon Valley. Yeah. <laughs> And so we, they kind of just benched that amongst some other really cool ideas. And so we carved it out of our um, non-compete that mm-hmm. we, we knew we wanted to do this someday. But yeah. we also just took our time and really learned a lot more about the land, a lot yeah. more about the, the management side of the business mm-hmm. and interacting, recovering, regenerating the soil. Yeah. And then um, once it was time for Verum Ranch to start selling animals, yeah, we just, another kind of kick in the ass, like, okay, we got to do this fast. Yeah. And so we started selling meat and um, learning as we went. Mm-hmm. What, I'm curious to you, what is one thing that the no meat athlete crowd doesn't understand about, like, the importance of eating nutritious meat. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. Uh, <laughs> I'd say, you know, the first is that um, just the bioavailability of, of whole foods, right? I mean, it's just like um, anything that is industrialized, it's, it's um, or extracted. It's, you know, if you believe that isolated protein powders are better for your body than God's creation of a whole muscle, yeah. then I think you just need to do some soul searching because yeah. uh, you're in denial about yeah. you know nature's perfection and, and how we as a species have evolved. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that the whole food format, the whole food philosophy is always going to be better. And yeah. it turns out it's 
really hard to get sufficient protein in your diet on a plant-based yeah. plant-based diet, especially if you're an athlete, especially mm-hmm. if you're demanding a lot from your muscles and yeah. you need that extra recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's damn near hard to do. Yeah. And, so, and when you do, you've got a lot of extra, you know, fiber, carb, like you've got all these other things that you that have you to need. process. <laughs> exactly. To get to that. So to your yeah. point, it's not what is it bioavailable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your yeah. body's ability to break it down, digest yeah. it easily, and utilize it is a whole yeah. different story. And so, yeah. don't be deceived by, you know. I think a lot of people in the athletic community they still look at macros first. Like, yeah. they go to a product, a bar, a powder, and they're mm-hmm. just like, "What's pro uh, carbs, proteins, fat? Check, check, check." Got it. Versus like, it yeah, what they really should be doing is going right to the ingredient it's label. Like, yeah, and it's over three. It's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, looking for whole foods. Looking yeah, if yeah. you can identify that as a plant yeah. or an animal. Yeah. Yeah. I almost, I kind of stand by like, if it's if it's a macro thing for you, just get a Snickers bar. Like, <laughs> just get a Snickers bar and eat that. Like, yeah, you'll get way more. difference. Yeah. Um, swinging all the way the other way, what is something that you believe probably the more like conservative industrial meat? operator doesn't understand about like the importance of the soil and of regenerative raising meat yeah i think um golly again there's just so so much there because it's all mindset (laughs) yeah and so you know a lot of times um people believe that this regenerative movement can't feed the growing population right and so that's like a criticism of any industrial model plant-based animal-based like gotta ramp up gotta feed feed the world <laughs> scale. And, and yeah I don't know who, if, if we need to feed the world um, I yeah. think we need to feed first and foremost our community right so our regional yeah. community our and support family, them neighbors yeah. yeah create kind of a microclimate yeah and then when other people create that microclimate then you have resilience and you have more people participating because right now industrial agriculture is pushing more people out yeah. of managing land and what's happening is being consolidated it's consolidated so it's more land being managed by a given person yeah. versus smaller land managed by multiple people right and so that makes our our food system very fragile and our current system this industrial monster of a system we're not going to be able to feed the growing population so mm-hmm. it's not like that is the it's answer like that's anyway. yeah <laughs> you, can't, you can't just say like this is the only way to do it because it's not yeah. we're, we're yeah. sprinting towards the edge of a cliff on that system yeah and so what we're trying to say is you, we don't have to run towards that cliff. Or even like think about sustainability. It's like, okay, we'll run towards that cliff, but uh, okay, we'll walk towards that cliff now. Like yeah, we'll slow okay. down. But it's really regenerative. It's turning around, changing mm-hmm. direction, changing courses, yeah. and, and taking a different uh, path for civilization. How do you see that trend taking hold? It's, it's happening. It's working. Yeah, I feel super encouraged about it. And... Um, when we started uh, Rome Ranch, there was two ranches in Texas that were doing regenerative practices. You know, Texas is like... Including y'all? Or yeah. So when you so bought you, Rome Ranch, you became the second. Um, we became the second. Yeah. yeah. There was doing, you know, doing wow. like holistic, savory yeah. institute, mm-hmm. you know, outcome-based prescriptive grazing, mm-hmm. really focusing on soil, really talking about regeneration. Yeah. And, um, and the average age of a rancher is something like 68 years yeah. old in yeah. Texas. And so... Mm-hmm. It, there's a, a generational issue too, but what we've seen in such a short period of time, it's been five years, is um, a decentralization of younger people leaving cities, coming to rural yeah. areas, yeah. once thriving agricultural communities that have 
collapsed, become irrelevant, been replaced by the industrial model and starting to build a more resilient food system. And so that's so encouraging. I mean, even you guys just got a little bit of like a, a breath of fresh air being yeah. out on, on the land. But oh, yeah. I mean, that story, it's, it's, it's like everyone that's, that visits these types of places get it. Right? Oh, yeah. It seems like, I mean, obviously the people we were with got their meat and that's part of it, but it seems like the bigger thing is you're able to expose they had their kids there. You have to expose so many people to what this can be. Oh, yeah. And how do you feel whenever you see that happening? And do you see that happening on a larger scale, you know, even through Texas? Yeah. I mean, that's a great, beautiful thing to talk about is the multi-generational yeah. family farm that's collapsing. And it's in many circumstances in the industrial model. The kids don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Not only do they not want to sit on a tractor all damn day and spray biocides, and known carcinogens, yeah. <laughs> but their parents don't want them to be a part of it. You yeah. know, they're under tremendous stress, mm -hmm. under tremendous financial burden and yeah. many circumstances in debt. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this model where it's just sad. We're yeah. losing fourth, fifth, sixth generation family ranches. Mm -hmm. And so I think you know you're doing a good job if you have birds on your property and if your kids want to be a part of it yeah um, because yeah kids I mean you know like shit if, if they're inspired and they choose and they elect to stay on the farm yeah. that's a good sign their quality yeah. of life is high there mm. opportunity is high there's an opportunity for them not only to make a living but mm. to further contribute to that legacy of a family yeah. I mean strong bones and strong mind doesn't hurt either yeah um, oh hell yeah all day I was going to ask, what is your what is your ultimate vision for Rome Ranch and Force of Nature? I know business plans are bullshit, but what is what is Taylor's vision for this thing? Yeah, we <laughs> we we still think they're bullshit, but yeah. we also like maybe the the closest thing we do to a business plan. We've done this since the start is like we'll sit down and we'll we'll write down the values of a of a company before yeah. we start it, and then yeah. our employees day one, everyone gets those values. Everyone has to memorize those values, but what we also give our employees. So that there's a clear vision is is um is like we call them legacy goals mm -hmm. and so these are like i think about them as when you're part of force of nature and, and you're no longer part of this world your body is in the ground or you know whatever you're you're transitioning to the next part of life uh on your tombstone if you choose to have a tombstone it's like this legacy goal will be on there because it's so badass yeah and so it's something that all of us are work, working towards and we'll feel really proud about uh, later in our life and so the legacy goal what we're really trying to accomplish with force of nature is to positively impact a billion acres of land and um, with epic that legacy goal where we were just like this is fucking crazy we wanted to impact a million acres yeah and so for scale and perspective we did that with epic yeah we yeah. converted a million acres so you have proof of, proof of concept there you, go. <laughs> you can set a number and get there absolutely and yeah. a lot of that was partnering with general mills with the a multinational that had the scale well, because you, the get that, you get that power yeah. absolutely that man yeah. we would have been chipping away our whole life to hit a million acres yeah. if we stayed independent but we did that in a matter of years yeah. once uh, General Mills acquired the brand because they can be like hey, oh this million alright cool let's just oh uh, totally yeah, a thousand yeah. percent and that's yeah, what yeah. they did they just took like one product line <laughs> and they said you know we're going to start growing oats regeneratively as a part of a multi-species grazing operation yeah. yeah and so shit like overnight and, um, and so, yeah, for us at Force of Nature, the goal is bigger. It's a billion acres. A billion acres is really important because when we hit a billion acres globally, what, what can happen is tons of positive potential. And, and one is this 
atmospheric, uh, call it like a legacy load of carbon that's mm -hmm. been sitting since the industrial revolution started. We've been emitting carbon into the atmosphere. Uh, a million acres of land managed regeneratively is enough to sequester and cycle that carbon, draw it back down to the soil yeah. where it belongs, feed the biology there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it will not only offset our annual global emissions, but it's enough to reverse mm -hmm. our heritage legacy load that we've To been bring us back to harmony, right? Yeah. In reality. It's massive. Yeah. I mean, we can do that, and, and there's like competition. You know, like there's like everyone's thinking about technology. How do we get there? How do we invent like this? And you're like, dude, carbon you're machine, sequestering <laughs> machine. Yeah. And you're like the cow. Yes. I mean, yeah. It's it's again. Yeah, yeah. It's the creator. It's, it's the design of Mother Nature. Sort. Her brilliance. Yeah. 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 In a lot of t I mean, it's it's the one fault of humans, but we want to. We just yeah. want to feel so important. Feel yeah. like um, we're in charge when many. We circumstances we, we are yeah. part of the food yeah, chain yeah. guys yeah <laughs> we're i mean we're born from the soil you know when we when we die we will eventually carbon-based beings will yeah. be cycled through the soil hopefully hopefully we're not just hanging out in the atmosphere yeah. uh <laughs> decaying yeah. <laughs> but hopefully we create more life through our death through the soil yeah. and so it's we get it i mean it's in our dna and we just need to remember mm. uh that that's the foundation of all life yeah and what i have a question that let me for a sec oh um what is it like as somebody who grew up in a city, even, even one like Austin where nature is a little more accessible, but still yeah, a city. growing city, lots of people, lots of cars, lots of industry around you. What's it like to raise a family out on the ranch and like be a first generation rancher, but be looking at the second generation right in front of you? Yeah, shit, man. It's, it's the best feeling ever. Yeah, that's one of the things I love most about what we get to do. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the way that we are raising our kids is from a very early age, it's making sure they know that they're a part of something bigger and they're mm -hmm. part of a community of people, but more importantly, a part of a community that's an ecosystem. And so um, a lot of times when you live in cities, you, you're separated from that. You're separated from a lot of these natural resources. And that's frankly the biggest issue with our industrial food model and why it prevails and why it exists. It's because consumers have blinders on they don't they don't see the feedlot they don't see the monoculture of soy wheat milo yeah, right they don't see the bovine creatures getting whacked with antibiotics absolutely yeah, every single day. yeah. and and yeah. when you lose that connection you lose that connection to the earth mm -hmm. you lose that connection with yourself yeah. and and we're seeing you know our physical health declining our mental spiritual health declining and and yeah. so i love that i get to go out with my daughters and uh, look for earthworms and talk about migratory mm -hmm. birds and talk about soil. I mean, she's five, Scout's five years old and she can, she can go. Really? She's, yeah. she's <laughs> a beast when it comes to soil health. Yeah. And we do these tours at the ranch and I mean, anyone that's been to them, it's like mm -hmm. Scout's the, Scout's, Scout's the leader. Scout's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like once she speaks, everyone's quiet and they're like, yeah. man, it's so simple. Like she'll just describe the nutrient cycle. She'll just say like, the bison eat the grass, <laughs> the grass goes through their rumen, they poop. The poop gets eaten by the microbes in the soil, which feeds the grass and makes the grass healthier. And then the bison bites the grass, and it's a cycle. And every year it gets better, and it's virtuous, and it's perpetual. Because yeah. nature is self-healing. She's self-regulating. We just have to get out of the way and set the stage yeah. for her to express her capacity for forgiveness and for yeah. glory. Which, the good news is she wants to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the state she wants to be in. It's not like we have to convince her to heal. Yeah, and yeah. so we just have to get out of the way or set the stage where she can do it in an efficient manner. Yeah. 
And uh, what, so y'all were the second regenerative ranch in Texas. What is the state of regenerative, regenerative ranching and farming in Texas today? Oh, it's, it's blowing up. Let's yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, uh, we're still on Thanks the verge. Thanks to you guys, partially. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's a global movement. Yeah, 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 there's people that have been doing it long before us. I, I fucking love Texas. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. It's sh- still shocking and a little embarrassing to me that Texas was a little bit behind because I feel like Texas yeah. is always yeah. on the fucking forefront. Yep. Leadership state. Yeah. Dude, yeah. And, do you think that's oh. just from the, like, it's private land everywhere and people have their land and you can't tell them what to do with it? Like, is there just... Is there a like guarded perspective that a lot of landowners have? Like what what kept us behind instead of in the forefront? Yeah, you, you can't, especially with a rancher, you can't ever tell them what to do. That's going to backfire. They're going to do the exact <laughs> damn yeah. opposite. And so yeah. that change has to come from within, which a lot of the, the circumstances in Texas is that average age of a rancher being yeah. 68, multi-generation mindset. But also, our Texas is so dependent on the conventional industrial model, chemical agriculture, yeah. it's at war with mother nature but through government subsidies through scalability people are making a living doing it so they don't have that like dire economic mm-hmm. distress is yeah. that part of why you chose to stay here and make and make your stand in this area yeah 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 i mean i i mean born thankfully in texas and i'll yeah. live my last days in texas i love this damn state Dude, i'm yeah, never that's, leaving <laughs> I that's a pretty good do you think that surprises people yeah, it does. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And we get that when we go to uh, conferences nationally, like because there's other there's big regenerative uh, collection mm-hmm. of producers in other states, Midwest, yeah. big Western states, and so yeah, I think when Texans show up, everyone's like, oh shit, here comes oh. Some, <laughs> here comes some cowboys, here, here comes some stubborn cowboys. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just it's a uh, it's gonna happen. I mean, yeah. I think. The, we lost the opportunity to be the first state to scale it, mm-hmm. but we are have the perfect opportunity to be the first state to get it right yeah. at scale. And yeah. so, yeah, it's just in, in force of nature. That's it's really like exciting. The yeah. catalyst for that, right? I mean, that's yeah. an example. There's just never been a national meat brand that's mm-hmm. taken this position that's, that was founded upon regenerative principles to fight the incumbent yeah. industrial system. Yeah. Well, shit, that comes right from Austin, Texas, the capital yeah. of Texas. That's and so, so yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the that. spirit. I love, I love that. it so like, much. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. If you build it, they will come. And so yeah. we're, we're building it right now. And yeah, every and day. Coming. Yeah, and they're coming, man. I, we were talking yeah. about shipping and just all the massive orders that y'all, when you first started, had. If you weren't here, you weren't in the warehouse. You were, you were yeah. Boxes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, right after this that. meeting, we're, we're meeting with some guys to talk about building some new USDA plants, so new processing plants. Let's go. That's Because that's been a, a huge limitation across the nation. It's, yeah. it's, um, not only have we uh, centralized our production agriculture, but we've centralized our processing. Yep. And so, so many independent mom and pop processors are out of business. Yep. They've just been gobbled up. Mm-hmm. So your independent mom and pop producer doesn't have a good option, doesn't have a good solution to taking that grass-fed regenerative mm-hmm. beef or bison to market. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for example, at Rome Ranch, if, if I wanted to go get my bison process to sell, I would be in line for about a year and a half couldn't even get it processed in a USD plant to uh, ship to a consumer. And we, you know, we luckily through relationships at Force of Nature, now we have a couple plants throughout Texas. Closest one for us is in Dallas. Yeah. Um, but when we go to Dallas and drop off bison, it's not uncommon to see 50 bison being dropped off from South Dakota at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, and the that, clock's ticking. Like yeah. this is, yeah, this will spoil at some point. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. 
And that's not good for the animal. I mean, no. that's that's a terrible end of life scenario, right? Yeah. Like think yeah. about you respect the animal. Yeah, you, yeah, you raise this beautiful animal that has lived in harmony with Mother Nature and healed your ecosystem. It's going to heal this end consumer, but then the last two days of its life are torture. Yeah. That's like, I think you missed yeah. the you mark. You want the animal better. Yeah, yeah it's, it's meant to nourish people, not to hang yeah. to hang cold in a warehouse for way too long. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we're, that's the next challenge that we're tackling. Yeah. You, you have a way more important meeting in about 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah. And so we have <laughs> two more questions for you. You got the last one. Okay. I, I'm just curious from a vision perspective, because as we're talking about this, I really think I think of Hereford, Muleshoe, Amarillo, Dumas, Dalhart, this, this area of Texas where if you're not from there, it smells like manure. If you're driving in that area, all you see is feed plots. Is there a future state that's somewhat near where all of that land is being used instead of for factory farming man that's gonna be that we have to get them on board to hit that billion acre mark and so because yeah. um, we're talking about a third of Texas yeah <laughs> yeah and those were the short grass prairie I mean that that's where the bison roamed right that's where there's still like archaeological mm-hmm. buffalo jump sites where they're yeah. unearthing herds of thousands of animals that used to migrate through those areas mm-hmm. so I'll tell you, we're never gonna successfully have plant-based monoculture in those areas. So again, when we feed, talk about feeding a population, how the hell are you gonna utilize that area to feed a population unless there's a ruminant animal mm-hmm. that co-evolved with that landscape for millennia, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they, they need to be there. We can't remove them from those landscapes or those landscapes degrade. Mm-hmm. And so the positive outlook here, because I'm with you, man. I feel like that's the that's the stronghold. <laughs> that's like, it's, oh, it's like this place where it's the holy grail <laughs> yeah. for yeah. this type of operation, but yeah. it's also man. like, it's going to be the hardest to get in. It's going to be the hardest to get in. Deep-rooted there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you don't show up with like a, a rodeo belt. And yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of the places that in my head, I'm like, that's one of the only places where you would have to show up ready to fight because yeah. they're not going to go down without a fight. Yeah. Not yeah. down, but they're not going to... Mm-hmm. They're not going to begin to collaborate with this style of farming without some sort of yeah. right this fight. <laughs> they're like they're like the Alamo. They're, yeah, they're, they're honestly, they're just yeah, going to yeah. bunker themselves up and mm-hmm. and fight and hold on to that culture and that yeah that ingrained legacy that might be misguided. But we do have a lot in common, and so it's really just the mindset that has to be changed, yeah. and and the mindset can be changed. You know, unlike going into the Alamo and crushing them and, mm-hmm. and killing them all in order to <laughs> prevail, yeah. that, that can't be the solution, but the solution yeah. really does need to be to, to extend the hand and to yeah. guide them and to mm-hmm. invite them to be a part of this revolution. Mm-hmm. But I will say, this is, this is fucking crazy and it's gonna get you excited and this is a really good example of the potential, the possibility of what we're talking about. The second biggest bison ranch on the planet is now in Amarillo. And, Let's go! Let's go! And, Amarillo by bison. <laughs> and they're uh, they're doing regenerative practices too, soil building yeah. practices, wow. planting Let's cover go. crops, doing yeah rotational grazing, gotcha. high density grazing. Um, that's awesome. Dude, that's amazing. So that's I mean, awesome. think about that. That, that can literally that's the first step. the landscape of Amarillo over time. Absolutely. Yeah. And interestingly enough, to what you guys said, this individual, he's like fifth or sixth generation beef guy. He yeah. couldn't do it with the beef industry because yeah. the beef industry, there's just so There's many barriers and so limitations. We are, we are years away. Yeah. So he just said, "Fuck it, I want to do this. I'm going to raise bison," and sold all of his beef cows. And you know that community for sure just into, thought yeah. he was crazy. Thought he had lost yeah. his damn mind. But he's uh, he's now creating change and 
and uh, Force of Nature buys a lot of meat from him. I we partner that. with him, but That's now awesome. he's also starting to incentivize some of his neighbors to like jump on board. I love that. Yeah. That's so awesome. that, that dovetails right into our last question. We'll let you go. What does it mean to you to be a Texan? Oh boy. That's smile. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything. That yeah, it's everything. Uh, golly, yeah, Texan by the by the grace of God that we were born here and lived our lives here, but. When I think of Texas, I just think of um, just true leaders. Um, you know, throughout history, this place is this this state has been fought fought over by so many different nations. Right? You have like the Six Flags, yeah. um, and so it's just like such a resource rich, cultural rich area um, that's hard to live in. It's only for really badass people but it's like this sanctuary there will always be this sanctuary and it will always be almost its independent nation mm-hmm. and we're seeing that right now with people moving from all over the yeah. country mm-hmm. to escape tyranny and mm-hmm. escape things that aren't aligned with their own values and so texas will always be this magnet that attracts the best and most badass people mm-hmm. and if you don't fit that model and if you're not resilient and you're not on the front uh you're probably not going to do well in this state mm-hmm. um and so yeah i, I love texas I, i'm never moving i could go anywhere in the world i'm not going to go anywhere oh yeah i love that well we're thunderbird. very thankful that you're staying here we're thankful for everything you've made yeah. from thunderbird to epic to force of nature thank you for being a steward of the land of the animal and for just being an all-around badass person we're very thankful Thank you guys for yeah having me on the podcast and helping. Literally to, anytime. Literally anytime. <laughs> we will. We will. This we will pick up history forever. <laughs> we will <laughs> work Shit. the land. We yeah. Will. yeah, maybe next time we'll go out to the ranch and do a little uh, work day. Dude, we would love that. I would love that. Cool. Yeah, work month. How yeah, long you want? Well, yeah. Thank you guys for telling yeah. the yeah. telling the story and help us grow this regenerative movement. Of course, Doesn't yeah. happen without we're y'all. On, we're on board. Yeah. Awesome. Bye, Bye y'all. y'all.